soak his underwear in meat. Nora sure as hell is not. No, Nora is not, girl. I'm glad you've given Lorraine so much depth. Lindsay Lohan and Hillary Duff, that was the feud of the 2000s. Hey, Team Duff, it's Wit. Thanks so much for listening to Duff Enough, the ultimate Hillary Duff fan podcast. This show is a celebration of the life and career of actress, singer, mother, and all-around icon, Hilary Duff. Well, to some, my next guest is known as Colton on campus, but, you know, Colton Griffith, welcome to Duff Enough. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm fine, I'm fine, how are you? Doing good. That's good. Super excited. Yeah. So Colton and I went to college together, and now he's off in LA. You should move out here. Yeah. We'll see when that happens. <laughs> um, well, and I'll clarify the Colton on campus thing. So Colton was a part of this show that I was doing in college, and he had this Billy on the Street-esque segment called Colton on Campus, and it was basically the biggest thing that ever happened to Middle Tennessee State University. Just saying. <laughs> I want to thank our friend Annie, who edited all of that nonsense for us and put it together. Because without the editing, it was just me trying to make really sad college kids who were way too, I guess, shocked to see me running around prancing at them and asking questions. And, you know, without that editing and the fun music behind it, I don't think it would have been as fun as it was. Right, right. But the star of our podcast, Colton, even though you are a star, we've got to talk about Hillary Duff. Yes, Hillary. And so I have three questions to ask you that I ask all of the guests. And the first question is, what is your favorite Hillary Duff movie? Definitely my favorite Hillary Duff movie would have to be the Lizzie McGuire movie. It's a classic, like a classic. But... I'm a huge Halloween fan. So Casper meets Wendy, I love. Because I don't think I ended up watching it until like later. Like, I don't think I remembered, oh, this is Hilary Duff. It was years later when I put it together that like, oh my gosh, this is Hilary Duff. Like, I don't think I realized that it was Hillary as Wendy until they showed it on Disney Channel and they were like, it's Lizzie McGuire. You know, it's Hilary Duff from Lizzie McGuire in Casper Meets Wendy. And I was like, oh my gosh. She looks like a little blonde girl. Like, I wouldn't have known if I didn't, like, watch Lizzie McGuire and then watch the movie back later. I wouldn't have known. Yeah. Next question. What is your favorite Hilary Duff song? Come Clean, because it's one of her most iconic songs. Or So Yesterday, because Metamorphosis was my jam. And I have to say, whenever Colton does this whole thing on Snapchat where he's like, I need karaoke recommendations, I always say Liz McGuire, and he does come clean. Yes! Last question, what's your favorite episode of Lizzie McGuire? I think it's where she turns into a bad girl. Okay, bad girl McGuire. Like, seeing Hilary Duff, or just, like, her character Lizzie McGuire as, like, oh, I'm a, you know, I'm a bad girl now. Like, I can do what I want, and I'm going to get away with that. I'm in detention. I'm in seventh grade. Live my life. Like, that's what I'm here for. She's really not that bad, but they make it seem like she's so bad. No, she really didn't do anything. Like, the fake nose ring, everything. <laughs> she And, like, I, I swear there was a leather jacket, and she wore her hair, like, super messy. And then just throw on a nose ring, maybe a little bit, like, heavier on the eyeliner. But, like, she tried. She tried. It's true. It's true. 
you would like that one. Like, y'all, Colton's humor and personality, very twisted, dark, but we love him for it. So Thank you. So for this episode, Colton, we are actually going to be talking about my favorite Hillary Duff movie. And I've been thinking about that, honestly, and it's hard to call this a Hillary Duff movie because Cheaper by the Dozen is very much an ensemble film. And as I was going back to rewatch it for this, and I've watched it a lot through the years, but I was thinking about how my siblings, there's a 12-year difference between me and my older siblings. So I basically grew up like an only child. And it's funny that this is my favorite because how did I even relate to this movie? But yet there are several things that I relate to. So we will talk about that. Uh, We're also going to talk about Cheaper by the Dozen 2. And so far in this block Duffster series, I've kind of gone through all of the movies from start to finish. We're not going to do that so much since we're doing two movies and since Hillary's not heavily featured in either of them. She's definitely more of a supporting character. But yeah, I'm excited. Did you enjoy rewatching these? I would say I did. I really enjoyed rewatching the first one. The second one was a little like, ooh, I could hit fast forward right now, like that 15 second skip ahead for some of these scenes but i stuck through it (laughs) yeah no i'm with you i'm with you i definitely like the original better also coming up we're gonna do a remember when segment and just to tease colton i had to give it to you because you are mr pop culture (sighs) the Lindsay lohan the feud i'm so excited to talk about that yeah so we'll get to that we'll get to that but uh yeah are you ready to jump into the first movie here let's do it Sit back, relax, and enjoy our silver screen queen. It's time for Block Duffster. So, Cheaper by the Dozen. This was a remake of a film from the year 1950 of the same name, based on a book. 20th Century Fox movie. It was released on December 25th, 2003, so a Christmas Day release. And this was a big hit. This was Hilary Duff's highest grossing movie at the box office, $192 million worldwide. So very big. Came in at number two at the box office behind the third Lord of the Rings movie, Return of the King. And yeah, Hilary also got a Teen Choice Award nomination for it for Choice Movie Blush. I don't really know what that means for that category, but she would have been... 16 when this movie came out, probably 15 when they filmed it. And 2003, big year for Hillary. She had Agent Cody Banks. She had the Lizzie McGuire movie. She had this movie. She had Metamorphosis. So really big year. This was her year. This was her year. Yeah. Do you have a memory of like seeing this movie for the first time? So my whole life, I've grown up with uh, my dad, who people have constantly said looks like Steve Martin. Okay. So I think this is just a movie my dad wanted us all to see together. And I guess like watching this, I was like, oh my gosh, he kind of does look like my dad. Like they both have white hair. My dad's hair turned white when he was in his 20s. It's hilarious. So he's been told he looks like Steve Martin his whole life. So I guess that's why we ended up watching it. Yeah. And I think you sent me a picture of your dad so that I could see recently. And he did. He does kind of favor Steve Martin a little bit. But everybody's got like a celebrity doppelganger, I feel It's like. very true. Yes. I have a memory of seeing this for the first time that I probably will get in really big trouble with my mom for sharing, but I feel like I have to. Please do. Oh my gosh. I don't know. Okay. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. So obviously I wanted to see this movie right when it came out. We didn't see it on Christmas Day, but very shortly after, 
my parents were going to take me to see this. We'd already bought the tickets, but we like went to the movie theater and actually got the tickets. So this wasn't one of those things where, you know, you bought the tickets on the internet or Fandango because that was not a thing yeah, then. Yeah, it's, it's 2003. Right. So we, we had the physical tickets and then we went to a Mexican restaurant. And that is like the only place that my mom ever drinks. I don't know. Like growing up, I didn't see my mom drinking very much ever. But at a Mexican restaurant, she would have a margarita growing up. Okay. Ooh. And I bring this up sometimes because it was super disappointing. But my mom tells the story that, like, the margarita didn't mix well with some medicine she was taking at the time. Of course. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That's how she tells the story. Whatever the truth is, we could not go see the movie because my mom just was not... My mom was not in a great state. Mama went, no. I know. She's going to, like, she would kill me if she heard this. Um... But come on. I mean, parents parents drink. It's fine. It's fine, mother. And, like, I haven't seen my mom drink a mar- margarita in years. So, anyway. So, that happened. And we had to take the tickets back. And my dad, like, walked back into the theater, returned the tickets, got our money back, and said we'd come back another day. I vividly remember being in that car super sad. Because this was a Hillary Duff movie. That was a big deal for me. Like, I was a major fan and could not wait to see this. But yeah, we didn't go that that first night. And then I think we maybe went back like a day or two later, which was fine. Let mom have some margs now and again. Okay, okay. Um, so I saw the movie, of course. And and like I said, it's my favorite Hilary Duff movie. So obviously I loved it. And we'll just kind of jump into the story here. The premise of this movie is, of course, a family with 12 kids. You have Steve Martin and Bonnie Hunt as the parents, Tom Baker, Kate Baker, and then all of the Baker children. I'll just run down the list of actors here. So we had Piper Perabo as Nora, the oldest, Tom Welling, Charlie Baker, Hilary Duff, Lorraine Baker. Then we had Kevin Schmidt, Henry Allison Stoner, Sarah Baker. Shout out to Allison Stoner, who I think shines in both of these movies. Yeah, I agree. Continuing down the list, Jacob Smith as Jake Baker, Forrest Landis, Mark, Liliana Mumi as Jessica, Morgan York, Kim, Blake Woodruff, Mike, Brent, and Shane Kinsman as Kyle and Nigel, identical twins there, the two young ones. And so that's the main cast of kids. First thing I made a note about is the opening credits, and Hillary is listed third. So you have Steve Martin and Bonnie Hunt, and then Hillary's name. That's really cool for her, considering she's still so young, being third on the list after Bonnie Hunt. Like Bonnie Hunt, I love Bonnie Hunt, um, and Steve Martin, of course. But like you could have thought, like Tom Welling at the time could have been up there. Tom Welling and Hillary Duff definitely had big careers at that point. Tom Welling from Smallville. And then we'll get to some of the other stars who are in this in a bit. So we learn a little bit about the Bakers and they have 12 kids and we have Tom and Kate as the mom and dad. And Tom is a football coach. Kate was a sports writer who's now like a wannabe author who becomes an author. And uh, they met in college and it's really cute. And they lived in Chicago for a little while. And then they started having a bunch of kids. They wanted eight kids. They got 12. They settled for a life in like a little small town in Illinois called Midland. And uh, we see this cute thing with all the kids, though. And they hold this sign at all of Tom's games that say, we love the coach. Super cute. So, yeah. Present day, life is chaotic with all of these kids. 
And the first scene that we get with Hillary, I definitely want to talk about here. And we see her putting on makeup, lip gloss, and uh, Allison Stoner's character, Sarah, is like banging on the door. And she's like, you blew my concentration. Now I get to start all over again. So we see that Lorraine Baker is going to be this fashion, makeup, girly girl character, which I think is fun because it's very reflective of who Hillary is a little bit because she's very much into like glam and whatnot. And it it kind of showed her initially as kind of ditzy, but then like later on mm-hmm. you see like she can read people's emotions really well. I think she's probably the most empathetic character in the show or in the movie. We get this sibling rivalry between Sarah, Allison Stoner, and Lorraine Hillary uh, because Allison Stoner's character is more of this, you know, tomboy. So they're very opposites. Hillary literally called her butch. And I was like, <laughs> this could be offensive in some sort of way. But I was like, okay, we're going to let it slide for the sake of this. Um, but okay. No, here's the thing. I do not think that would fly these days. No, not at all. Like half the yeah. jokes in this movie probably would not fly today. Right. And that's something I'm noticing about a lot of these early 2000s movies. There's so many things. Even with um, Kevin Schmidt's character in this, who's like the overweight child. And I'm just like, no, we wouldn't. Even if we did have a child who was like bigger than the others, we wouldn't make his character bigger be all about eating food you know or the other kid like who's slightly nerdy who they call fed eggs which is so sad like everyone is so mean and the parents did not they heard it and they did not discuss it at all like oh this is wrong no there was like and don't call your brother fed eggs mark is who i related to as a kid because i was like the weirdo kid i'm a fraternal twin so i would probably feel like more in relation, even though Jessica and Kim Baker, the little girl twins, only had, like, maybe four lines in the whole movie. But I would say I kind of, like, just gravitated towards them, because I'm like, oh, man, I'm a twin, too. I forget about you being a twin, honestly. Most people do. We don't look anything alike. The next scene with Hillary here is when they're making breakfast. Hillary walks in, and she's talking about how she wants more time in front of the mirror, and she's like the champion for making the community know that the bakers own a bar of soap. I think that lets us learn a little bit more about Lorraine and sets up her character there. Then we get this scene at the breakfast table where Mark's frog has escaped, Beans the frog, and then it jumps down into the eggs. And the eggs go everywhere. And Hillary is screaming when this happens. And I read in a magazine back in the day that, like, Hillary didn't like eggs, and so that was just traumatic for her. Oh, wow. (laughs) I don't know why I remember that, but... Next scene with Hillary, we see her talking to Bonnie Hunt, and she's like, I'm so over Nora's hand-me-downs. And Nora is the older sister who no longer lives at home because she lives with Ashton Kutcher, which, oh my gosh. She's having sex with Ashton Kutcher. Like, move out, live your life. Ugh, she moved to Chicago, and Ashton Kutcher's character hate him. Oh, he's the worst. Hate him in this movie. The Christmas card scene. I definitely want to talk about this. They're shooting their Christmas card in like May because it's gonna there's gonna be a discount. And there's this great dialogue with Hillary where so Jake walks out in black and Bonnie Hunt is like, Do you have to wear black for a Christmas photo? And Hillary says, Black works, mom. Jesus like died on Christmas. And then the other brother says, He died on Easter, Barbie. And one of the little twin sisters goes, He was resurrected on Easter, moron. And I loved that. I loved it too. I related because like, 
I mean, obviously I know like the bare bones of religion growing up in like a Catholic household, but like, I think their family very much like mine was very loosely, like it would probably be like Easter Christmas only church. I very much grew up in church. So I think as a kid, I was probably like, oh, you don't know that Jesus was born, you know, that, like, well, <laughs> Jesus technically wasn't born on Christmas. But anyway, another big star we have in this movie is Richard Jenkins, Oscar nominee. And Richard Jenkins plays the athletic director of this uh, college in Illinois that is not real. But he offers Tom a job to coach the Stallions, which is like Tom's alma mater. So the story picks up and they're going to leave Midland, which is just, you know, uprooting the family and moving them to a big city. And whenever they tell the kids that they're going to move, Lorraine is actually like the first one on board because he's going to have a bigger salary. And that means she's going to get out of the hand-me-downs. So she's like all for it. Like, oh, which means no more Nora hand-me-downs. And she was like, great, yes, let's move. None of the other kids are really excited. They do move, though, and the house is amazing that they move into. Tom, of course, has this new job, and there's a part where he's on TV, and he's telling the kids, like, go to bed, kids. And he says that, you know, he's going to be able to handle his new head coaching job and life at home because he has a great support system at home. And Sarah's like, in Midland, we were a family. In Chicago, we're a support system. And Hillary Lorraine says, a family is a support system, butch. And it's just like, oh, gosh. Which, as a kid, I didn't know what that meant. I mean, I definitely did not know, like, the derogatory meaning of butch or just, like, the cultural meaning of butch in the LGBT community. But to hear, like, someone... And, like, you know, the writers definitely knew what they were doing. So it's, like, to call... It's a little girl... Butch is just, ugh, was not a fan of that. No, it's cringy. Another Hillary scene, we see Lorraine helping Kate pick out outfits for like her book tour because Kate's book gets picked up and then we learn she's going to go on a two-week book tour, which is insane because no one's going to be there to take care of the kids and chaos ensues. But uh, we also see Tom come home and he and Kate like start making out and Hillary's like, can you guys please wait till I leave the room? Ugh. She's like, ugh. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you think they made 12 of you? Oh my gosh. But like, <laughs> like really? Let's talk about Ashton Kutcher again, because Hank comes over with Nora. But the younger kids, they don't like Hank. And here's something, you know, I was saying that there are things about this movie I can relate to, even though I grew up mostly as an only child. Uh, first of all, my dad was a football coach. So there's one thing. Second, hear how the kids didn't really like the sister's boyfriend, which, granted, he's a terrible guy, but I always didn't really care for my sisters having a boyfriend. Like, I was like, no, they're mine, you know? Um, So I kind of related to that, although my sister's boyfriends were never this bad, and they married great guys, so it's all good. But Hank, the absolute worst, he is like this model slash actor. What? Pulls up in this car... Oh, and he's wearing driving gloves, leather driving gloves, and they're like the half cuts off driving. Oh, I can't. Respect the perimeter of the LeBaron. (laughs) But the younger kids who are pretty much the focus of this movie. I mean, Hillary and Tom Willing and Nora get their own moments, but it's mostly about the younger group. And they come up with this plan to prank Hank, which we learned that they've done before. But this time they're going to soak his underwear in meat. They make him trip and fall into a kiddie pool. They wash his underwear and dry it. And then they soak it in meat. 
and they get their dog Gunner to just go after him, and it is just Gunner was in there deep. <laughs> Colton, okay. Hillary and Tom Willing have these cute moments where they laugh and look at each other, and that's one of those moments. And it happens again later in the movie too. But yeah, but um, to be fair, they do that. It's cute. Never speak to each other. You're right. Like she breaks up a fight with him, but yeah, she never like has a conversation and like physically says something to him in which he would respond. None. You're not wrong. I love how the kids get in trouble and then Tom does this thing where he goes over each of their heads like a metal detector and he's like, beep, 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 beep to see who was the mastermind. And it's Sarah, Allison Stoner. Again, she is such a star in these movies and she's great in this character. I love it. Next part of the story here, the mom goes off for two weeks to New York, or that's what's happening, and we get this sequence with the song, I'm Just a Kid and Life is a Nightmare. I don't know if that's the title, but, you know. Um, Charlie gets made fun of by the guy from Supernatural. Hillary does have a good line during Charlie's moment, and, you know, Charlie and this bully, they eventually hit heads and she has to break up their fight, but when they're making fun of him for being country and they're like, they're mooing at him like a cow, I think at one point. And she says, I guess he's the funniest guy in the herd. So Hillary is not scared of Jared. No, she's not. I would have taken this even worse. Like, I guess like they're like, oh, we're from the country and that's why they're making fun of me. But I'd be like, oh my God, is he calling me like a heifer? Like if I was, you know, (laughs) Hillary, I'd turn around and be like, excuse me, are you calling me fat? Like, why are you moving at me? Like, that's just what I would have thought. But, like, you know, it's also a very G-rated <laughs> it is, movie. It is. And the second time that there's a confrontation, they had to take the kids to school and their car seat's in the car. And he's like, you know, cute car seats, Baker. And she's like, we had to take our little brothers to school. And that's when she breaks up the fight. And she's like, Charlie, Charlie, let it go. So that might be the one time that she talks to him. But yet he's not even looking at her. He's looking at the other guy. Yeah, it's not, and there's no there's no response. Yeah. So while Kate the mom is gone, everything goes south and we see a sincere moment with Lorraine here because Tom goes into her bedroom, love her bedroom. Side note. Um, oh, so cute. Yeah, and he like talks to her about how everything is just too much is happening. Um she gives him advice to like call Kate and tell her to come home. But then he tries to like get a babysitter because he wants Kate to go have her career too because she's been like the stay-at-home mom for all these years. I think both of them like wanting to fulfill their careers is great. However, you had 12 kids. Like both of you cannot do this. And they're wild kids. Oh, they're insane. They don't listen. They do like you can see the mom from the beginning like is the glue of the family. She knows everyone's schedule. She knows everyone's time. There's no way any transition where Tom could have handled this. Like, it was like, you could see that from the start. So I'm just like, where did you put your trust in this man? Mm -hmm. Because I don't think he's ever, like, he doesn't even know Mark's name. (laughs) Colton. And he said everyone else's name, fine. The mom is the glue. And I think Lorraine, especially when mom goes away for two weeks, kind of takes over that role. Well, Nora. Nora sure as hell is not. No, Nora is not, girl. (laughs) She tries to help. No. She comes over to, like, say she got a job and then, like, throws a hissy fit because her dad is in the weeds. Like, you can see that, Nora. The true Colton is coming out now. (laughs) I am not a fan of Nora. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. Um, 
Things get so crazy at home that Tom decides to start having football practice at his house. Bad idea. But Lorraine comes out in the hallway when all the football players show up, and she's got a face mask on, and she's like, Dad, college guys? And then she runs off. It's definitely, it really is her character, and she would have definitely, because you know she's, she's too emotionally mature for these high school boys. And these would definitely be her type, some college football players. I have never given that thought, but you're right. You're definitely right. I'm glad you've given Lorraine so much depth, you know? I, you know, I like to get, she has such few lines. Oh my gosh. I did want to mention that Sean Levy or Levy has a cameo and he's the director of this film. And in this one, he plays like a reporter who is trying to ask Tom a question. He also directed like the Night at the Museum movies. He's an executive producer on Stranger Things now. So yeah, shout out to him. The Oprah show part. So Kate is going to be on the Oprah show, but she's coming home because she's learned that things have gotten so bad. So Oprah is going to come tape at her home. Dax Shepard shows up as the cameraman. And Beans, the frog, is dying at this point. So Mark is having a meltdown. And Mark is like, Beans is dead. And then Sarah jumps in and says, nobody cares about your stupid frog right now, FedEx. And there's a big fight. It was terrible. Like, let this kid grieve. I I don't understand his obsession with reptiles. I do know that that was literally his only friend. And this little boy is going through an existential crisis because his family is so mean to him. Yeah. And his dad doesn't know his name. <laughs> we are overthinking this movie so bad, but it's fine. It's fine. Um... So this leads Mark to run away, and everyone goes to look for him. Nora is going to go help, but then Hank doesn't want to, and that's when she's like, I'm done with you. Which is, you know, for some reason, the for Nora now, because her character suddenly shifted, uh, a breaking point. <laughs> <laughs> I can't with Nora. Oh my gosh. So yeah, Mark gets on a train to go back to Midland, and Tom finds him, and they ride the train, and everyone's there. And there is a moment where Hillary talks about her relationship with Sarah and Mark is like, I thought everyone hated me like Sarah and Lorraine hate each other. And Lorraine says, there are times when I want to kill Sarah, but I'd kill for her all the time. So we got a little bow wrapped on that storyline. And there's a group hug and there's a funeral for beans. And again, we get that little Tom Welling, Hillary Duff smiling at each other, laughing when Tom is trying to... Uh, do a eulogy. Oh, he was hippity hop, 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 hippity hop, hop. He was a hopper. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Tom ends up resigning from his job because things have gotten too out of hand and he wants to, you know, be a good dad. He doesn't want to mess up on his family. After his last game, we see all the kids and Kate holding up the We Love the Coach signs. And then there's a big group hug and this fun little music that's all happy and heartfelt. And yeah. we we talked about it briefly, but like throughout the movie, we see like the "We Love the Coach" signs fade away. Eventually, it just becomes "We" um, because the twins are always there. They're kind of like dad's little boys, the youngest twins, and they're like fighting with it at the lowest point. And you know, but then we see it fully together again. It was a cute little moment. Yeah, the very end of the movie, it's Christmas dinner, and they're all happy having dinner. And then the chandelier falls. And that's the very end of the movie. That's four chandeliers they went through this movie. Four. They went through a lot because it falls a couple other times too. 
we get these great bloopers where we see Hillary, the eggs getting thrown on her, and she's like, this is gross. And uh, we also see where she trips in one scene and Bonnie, like, says she's drunk or something. So, Oh, that was funny. She's like, yeah, you're really throwing them back. I remember my days. I was like, oh, Bonnie's hilarious. Yeah. Bonnie and Steve were great in this, honestly. Oh, yeah. And I think Hillary was great in this first one, too, for her character. I mean, you know. I think she did her character. Like, she was definitely supposed to play that, you know, it's the 2000s millennial, the new millennial, mm-hmm. like, phase. And she was that character, kind of obsessed with how she looks, uh, but still smart and still empathetic and caring to the world. Yeah. Which is what I liked about her. All right. In the credits after the bloopers, we actually get a Hillary Duff song. It's called What Christmas Should Be, and it was on her 2003 release of her album so it was like a reissue of her christmas album santa claus lane it was a new song and it's in the movie and yeah kind of my overall thoughts again this is one of my favorite hillary duff movies but i was thinking about how hillary was such a huge star for this film you know we were saying that she was listed third in the opening credits there like third from the top billing but i know in the behind the scenes feature on the dvd Steve Martin and Bonnie Hunt talk about her star power and how they would see people around the set or kids who'd be watching or something and they'd be waving and they're not waving at, you know, Steve Martin. They're waving at Hillary Duff. And so she was a big draw for this movie, honestly. Oh, I mean, yeah. Well, when you think what this this movie's made for is for, um, like, it is for kids, ultimately. It's like a good family thing to see together in the movies. Uh, but she's the face of Disney Channel, like, this was her era. This was her time. Like, all these kids know her. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say that the majority of kids wanted to go see this movie because of Hilary Duff. Like, obviously, the parents wanted to go because of Steve Martin, but Hillary was the draw for the kids, 100%. Yeah. She definitely brought kids to asking mom and dad if they could go see this movie in theaters, and that's why it made so much money. Yeah. Great family film. One of my favorites. Huge hit, her biggest box office um, success. That's Cheaper by the Dozen 1. Are you ready to jump into Cheaper by the Dozen 2? This one was awful. Oh, I don't know if I'd say that, but... Honestly, no, I will say I don't get emotional, but the end of this movie still is still kind of emotional. Really? Like, in a cutesy way, like, just everyone getting together, and, like, we'll get to that scene in a little. Okay, okay. But... Well, setting things up here, this was a sequel, and it was released on December 21st, 2005. It made $135 million at the box office. It actually came in fourth place its opening weekend, and that was behind several big movies. So you had, like, King Kong. You had the first Narnia movie, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Fun with Dick and Jane, which would have been um, Jim Carrey. So... They had some big competition. Yeah, especially Narnia for me was like, I loved that. I wanted to see it. Oh, yeah. And I remember seeing King Kong, too. It did well. I remember I actually saw this movie with, like, the same group of friends that I went and saw the Lizzie McGuire movie with. So I I do remember going to the theaters and seeing Cheaper by the Dozen 2. And I was honestly really worried that Hillary would not be in this movie when when I found out they were making a Cheaper by the Dozen 2. Because, you know, she was so big and not a, a lot of times and in a lot of movies that we grew up with that had sequels, they would replace the actors. So I was really scared. 
but every single one of the kids came back for this. Yeah, and this was, at the time, like, she was going through it with music. Like, music was everything to her during this time, and she was still doing a whole bunch of acting, but, like, music was her big thing, so I didn't know she'd actually reprise her role either. You're definitely right. So this was the year that Most Wanted came out, Wake Up, some of her biggest uh, music success, and she had done The Perfect Man as well this year, which was a, it was a big hit too, but it wasn't so much in that family genre. It was more of like a chick flick. I wrote down here that she got a Teen Choice nomination for Perfect Man and Two Brother Dozen 2 for Comedy Actress. She also got a Razzie nomination for Worst Actress, which you didn't, you said you didn't know what the Razzies were. I had no clue what a Razzie was until you told me earlier. A Razzie is like for the worst acting. I mean, it's not a legitimate thing, really, but it's just they give out awards for the worst of the worst. And she got like a Worst Actress nomination for this. And that's really sad. It wasn't her first. Her first was Raise Your Voice, and it wasn't her last. And I really, like, I even hate to have to bring that up, but. It's a thing, you know, like, it's a thing. Sean Levy did not return as the director for this movie. It actually was Adam Shankman who directed Hairspray. Love that movie. Um, But Sean Levy was a producer on this, and he has a cameo, which I will mention. The story for this one is that basically the Baker family goes on a summer vacation or like a Labor Day vacation. They go to a lake house. This time around, the opening credits, Hillary is listed as the last person. It's got and Hillary Duff, which that's also, you know, kind of an honor, an honorary position to be listed in. Oh, yeah. When you say and, like, and is normally like, oh, this person is big. So it's good. And she's also listed that way on her show Younger now. So that's still a good good spot to be in. Um, but the movie actually starts focused on Lorraine and she is graduating and the whole family goes to her graduation. They barely make it on time, but it's fine. It's fine. Oh, we have to talk about skinny Hillary because Hillary at this point was so skinny. The skinniest I've ever seen her. It was yes. twig. And she's talked about it before how like around 18, 19, she just got super thin, but like she also had the horse teeth at this point. And I'm not saying, you know, welcome to no. LA. I know. No. We're not making assumptions. Well, it's always been said that she, like, chipped her teeth on a microphone and then had to get new teeth. It happens. I am a hardcore karaoke and I have busted my face on a mic before. Ouch. Ouch. I chipped a girl's tooth on the playground one time. You're so mean. In second grade. It was an accident. Jonathan Bennett is a new cast member, and he plays Bud, who is married to Nora, and they are expecting Who's Aaron Samuels. Yes, Aaron Samuels from Mean Girls and Lindsay Lohan. What is going on? No, well, because this okay. was right after Mean Girls. This was right after Mean Girls, and I have met him and his fiance or boyfriend or whatever because he was on a show here in Nashville that I was working on. Pickler and Ben, shout out. Oh, wait. Oh, my gosh. I let him in the building. Thank you very much. Oh, wonderful. Back to Lorraine's storyline here. We find out that she's going to do an internship in New York with Allure magazine. Very fitting for her character. We know she's like the fashionista and all that. And Tom does not want her to go to New York or like move to New York for college or whatever's going on. And we see that that's going to be part of her storyline for this movie, too. We get to see some baby pictures of Hillary here because they are 
it's her graduation. They've got photos of her as a kid. And then they also are looking through this photo album a little bit later. So Kate and Tom go into her bedroom and they look to that photo album and they see some pictures from the lake that they went to a lot for family trips. And it's a lake in Wisconsin. It's called Lake Winnetka. And this is where we first see like Eugene Levy is going to be a part of this movie. Yeah. And there's this competition that they always uh, were in for the Labor Day Cup at the lake. So so that's when Tom comes up with this idea to go back to the lake to do a trip before Lorraine goes off to college, before Nora moves and has a baby. And then everyone is all on board. Of course, Lorraine is the last one to be game because it's not her thing. Like the lake, that doesn't sound good. But uh, Tom agrees to stop nagging her about going to New York if she goes. So they're going to go and do that over Labor Day. We find out that Charlie and Lorraine are actually coming up later once the family does get to the lake house, which I feel like Tom Welling and Hilary Duff were probably not available for enough days, you know, for shooting. There had to be something because it was so weird for them to be like, ah, we're coming up later. But Nora's here. It was so weird. Right. She's also extremely pregnant. Yes, she was. Carmen Electra is in this movie. Oh my god. Stunning as always Carmen Electra. She looks great. Phenomenal. Yes. And she plays Eugene Levy's younger... Fourth wife. Wife. Much younger wife. Serena. So it's uh, Serena and Jimmy Murtaugh. Taylor Lautner. I... The first time I saw it, I would not have known. And this is... This is Shark Boy and Lava Girl time, right? It was. But he played Elliot Murtaugh, who Sarah ends up having a crush on. So that's her little storyline in this movie is like Sarah and Elliot. Mm. But we also have this major plot of Tom versus Jimmy, which is just like there's so much going on in this movie. And it's like, oh, gosh. But they're literally competing over their children's accomplishments. Like it was a little bit about finance at first. Yeah. Like financial gain, like who had more. But then it was more over like, what has your kid done? oh, my kid's writing for a magazine or she's interning for it. Oh, but your son's working at a car shop. Well, my daughter's at Harvard. Like It's like, what's going on? Yep, for sure. So Hillary finally gets to the lake house and she shows up in this hat. It's like a hat that you wear to like block out the sun at the beach. It's massive and floppy. She has lots of luggage and uh, she walks up and she's like, it smells like murky lake water. And it's so, you know, in character, but also relatable because I would have kind of been the same way. Like, I'm not outdoorsy. You're kind of outdoorsy, right? Kind of. I can be. I've gone camping. I've, you know, gone to a lot of cabins, which is what this reminded me of when my family would go to cabins and we would go hang out by the lake. But, like, I would still be the same way. Like, I'm like, ew, I'm not getting in that nasty mud water. No, no, no. I definitely grew up, like, going to the creek and stuff. And now I think about that and I'm like, I cannot believe we did that. There were snakes in that water. yeah. We get back to the Sarah and Lorraine situation here, too, because... Lorraine brings all these suitcases and Sarah says, is that suitcase just for your makeup? And Lorraine says, whatever, butch. So again, it continued it forward. Continues. Two yeah. years of, pro- or three years of progression has not. <laughs> Ooh. Mm-hmm. So then Lorraine basically tans the whole trip. That's what we see her doing. She has another hat on at one point. She's super annoyed because her dad is bothering her about going to NYC, even though he promised he wouldn't. Her next really big line or one of her few lines is when they're having a little camp out and she shoves this cot into her little tent 
And I loved that part. And they're like, it's not going to fit Lorraine. And she says, oh, I'm going to make it fit, Dad. And then she just pushes it in there. And basically, if she gets in that tent with that cot, there's no room. There's no room. There's no room at all. But I love that she still did it anyway. Yeah. But it's almost like London Tipton, like, at this point, it's getting very much, like, a very different approach than the first film for her character. Not what Hillary was doing acting-wise so much, but just with the writing and what they were doing. Her character lost empathy. Like, she was such an empathetic character in the first movie. Yeah. She cared about her siblings. And, like, she still kind of does in this one, with Sarah at least. But, and then to be fair, with the camping thing, no one stayed the night out there except mom and dad. They all ended up going back into the cabin. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point in here, Tom agrees to the Labor Day Cup or to compete with the Murtaugh's. I love how Lorraine does not train for the cup like the other kids, and she's just not looking at, at her magazine, listening to music. Back to Sarah and Elliot. Sarah eventually asks Tom if she can go on a date, and she wants Lorraine to help her with her makeup. And Lorraine goes into the bathroom and, you know, isn't going to help her at first or acts like she isn't, and... Sarah says, are you going to make me beg? And Lorraine replies, I was thinking about it, which, you know, cute little moment. So Lorraine does her makeup and picks out her outfit and all that. And then she walks out and she tells the family like, okay, Sarah's coming down. She's going to look different. You need to give her the respect you never gave me. And I was like, oh, wow, Lorraine. Yeah, (laughs) she went in. And that's actually when Tom steps in and says, you know, Lorraine, I think you're going to do fine in New York. So we see that storyline wrap up at that point. And we'll go ahead and talk about the date here. So Sarah comes down all glammed up and then uh, goes on this date with Elliot, which Tom and Jimmy Murtaugh crash. So they went to see Ice Age. We have to talk about how, like, offensive the the scene was. I wanted to chat about this. Yeah. What happens, basically, is they're spying on... It's a weird theater where it's, like, there's an upper level and there's a lower level. It's almost like a like a theater theater, like a performance theater where you'd go watch, like, a play. Mm-hmm. And they're up on the balcony watching below, and Taylor Lautner, Elliot, decides to do the whole, like, stretch and do, you know, the move, quote-unquote, the move... Uh, and Steve Martin is like, oh my gosh, he just did the move. And, you know, Eugene Levy is like, what? what's the move? He shows him, and then the audience behind is just appalled that a man would be... Like, literally, there's this old lady just gawking, like, oh my god. And then like this little girl's like, mommy, what are they doing? I was like, oh my, what is going on? I mean, true, yes, but like... I mean, yes, that would probably happen, but two, it's written as a comedy, so it's making fun of the whole idea that they're, people are viewing them as gay, which I is, know. oh my gosh. I know. <laughs> I, I, like, there was no way around it to be like, this isn't what it looks like, you know? Like, there's just no way. Oh, it made me a little upset about it. It's fine. Uh, but what I loved is my scene-stealing theater... Uh, Queen, who works at the little theater that keeps shining the flashlight, he was so annoying and so overpronounced all of his lines. But like, get that work, babe. You got a line in this movie. You're getting a paycheck. Oh, good for him. Let's talk about the cup, the Labor Day cup, because it's basically filled day. Um, yeah, it brought back memories. It was just very like short scenes thrown together in a montage, though. Right. And I don't think Lorraine competed in anything. No, she didn't do anything. This was like the last 15 minutes. Honestly, though, she would have held them back. Yeah. 
the canoe race. Nora's water breaks when they're out racing. And it's just like, are we serious? But this is how it's ending. This is how it's ending. They have to row to shore to go get Nora to the hospital. And this is like Hillary's best line in the whole movie, or at least my favorite part for her. Because as they are like up against the shore and Nora is freaking out and going into labor... And Bud just cannot handle this. And he's like, I think I'm going to be sick. And then Hillary slaps Jonathan Bennett and says, pay attention to her. Loved that. Like, that was my favorite moment from her. Sean Levy, the director of the first movie and producer in this one, he has a cameo at the hospital. He's like the nurse. And another line from Lorraine, you know, Kate, the mom, is trying to get Nora into the hospital. And Sean Levy, as the nurse, He's like, you need to fill out these papers. And she's like, no, I don't have time. And then Hillary says, I wouldn't mess with her right now or whatever. So a little sassy Lorraine coming in here. The whole family tries to rush back into the hospital. And they're like, family only. And then all 12 of them. And it's like, oh, no, no. And so the mom goes back. And then Aaron Samuels is like, can Lorraine come back? Because we want her to be the godmother. Yeah, the mom's an expert. She's delivered 12 kids. And the whole godmother thing was so random. Like, again, Lorraine and Nora... Never, I've never seen them speak to each other either. <laughs> You're not wrong. But here's the thing. I honestly feel like they just needed to get Hillary out of the scene because she probably couldn't be there for filming. She had, she had an early rap that day. <laughs> she has a music video to film at 7. We have to get out of here. Oh, so true. <laughs> so um, the baby is born, and it is a grandson, which is what Tom wanted. And I love when um, Aaron Samuels comes out and he's like, do you want to meet your grandson? And it was the sweetest scene. And they're like, did you pick a name? And they're like, we want to name him Tom after a really great father who's made a lot of mistakes, but has made a lot of good choices, too. Yeah, I wrote down the line. You taught us there's no way to be a perfect parent, but a million ways to be a really good one. Is that when you cried? Uh, No, I don't cry. Oh, I thought you said you got emotional. That doesn't mean I cry. Oh, okay. Hillary does have a final line, and she's like, my godchild's... Or everybody's kind of laughing, and she's like, shh, my godchild's trying to snooze. And that is one of her four lines in the movie, and that's the last one. She's out to go film her music video. Yep. And then when Tom holds baby Tom, he cries. And then uh, the very end of the movie, they're all leaving the lake house, and it's kind of over. So my overall thoughts on this sequel, it was not a necessary sequel. I'm not mad that they made it because it was more Hillary on the big screen. It is what it is. Like, it's not harmful, really. Like, it doesn't ruin the first film or whatever. So that's about all I have to say as far as how much I like it and how much I don't like it. So it's okay. My thing is, it got a 6 on Rotten Tomatoes. Aww. A 6%. And it was rated 98th of the top 100 worst films of the 2000s. Aww. So <laughs> if there's anything that that says. Um, I mean, this was a big hit movie. This is her second highest grossing film. And it was it was kind of the end. Like, she did another movie, Material Girls, that came out the next year, and oof. Oof. Yeah, this was kind of it. Like, she hasn't had a hit big screen movie since then, and that's almost been 15 years. Material Girls. Can you Do you want to come back and be on that episode, Colton? I haven't booked anyone. If we can make fun of it, I'm here for that. For our Remember When segment now, Colton you get the Lilo-Hillary Duff feud. And I know you did a lot of research about this, so... I did. I typed up three pages of research 
while at work, ignoring my duties of job, to investigate the old feud of Lindsay Lohan and Hillary Duff. That was the feud of the 2000s. I was obsessed. I It was juicy, and I was all about reading the magazines. Oh, it was everywhere. So basically, if anyone doesn't know, this feud started back as early as December of 2000. Um, a famous I Want Candy singer known as Aaron Carter uh, guest starred on Lizzie McGuire on a special Christmas episode. And after that, Aaron and Lizzie McGuire, I mean, Hillary Duff, started dating. And they were dating for quite a long time. They were on and off for about two years. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, we see this whole thing about how Aaron Carter admits that he was dating both Hillary. This is his quote. He said, I was dating Hillary for like a year and a half, and then I just got a little bored, so I went and started uh, getting to know Lindsay. He admitted this in 2005, but this all happened in 2002. And Lindsay was like, she claims that she didn't know that they were dating, but like everyone knew that Hillary and Aaron were dating dating. Right. I mean, they were the Justin Bieber, Selena Gomez, like, for sure. But it was just, like, this weird thing. And then in April 2003, Aaron and Hillary got back together, and they showed up at the Lizzie McGuire movie premiere together. Shortly after that, they broke up. Basically, what Lindsay and Hillary would do, would they would show up at each other's red carpet premieres. So Hillary attended the Freaky Friday premiere of the red carpet, And then Lindsay showed up to the Cheaper by the Dozen premiere. And it was just like this weird thing where like they were kind of petty fighting each other in a weird way where they would just show up. Hillary decided to go ahead and kind of ban her from the the Cinderella story premiere. I know. Uh, But so in 2004, it was kind of the year of rekindling relationships. We had a whole bunch of like feuds that were kind of settling like it was Christina Aguilera and Britney Spears kind of settled their feud on TRL so the following week we had Lindsay on TRL and she was kind of on the spot and they asked her a question and she said I love you Hillary Duff and that was kind of like supposed to be the end of their feud but like not even a couple of months later in May of 2004 Lindsay was on Saturday Night Live and in her monologue, she kind of had it in that they would make fun of the feud and she made fun of Hillary Duff and Rachel Dratch uh, kind of dressed up as Hillary Duff and it was like a very over-the-top version of her character from the Lizzie McGuire movie wearing all pink. She looked more like Legally Blonde, like Reese Witherspoon in Legally Blonde. Yeah, Hillary did not like it. I mean, it's a joke. Like, to be... SNL has always done this kind of things. Of course they're going to bring up the feud. It was the biggest feud of the 2000s, and it was still going on. I think, like, Rachel as Hillary did this whole thing where she was like, our feud is so yesterday, so yesterday, or something about so yesterday, I remember. It was fun. It was cute. But Hillary did not like it. And there was that Access Hollywood video. Yeah, on Access Hollywood, she said, like, I'm not here to talk bad about her like she talks bad about me all the time. Yeah. And she was like, I don't think it's an honor to be made fun of on SNL, which it kind of is. SNL's whole point is to parody people. So it's kind of like, oh my god, I'm like I'm famous and relevant enough to be brought up on SNL. Um, and then it was after that interview is that that following month she banned Lindsay from the premiere of her Cinderella story. So it all kind of just brings into this moment. It's all this whole thing. She mentioned on um 
later that year on Blender Magazine, how she's, like, she even said in the magazine, she's like, I really just hate Lindsay Lohan sometimes. I'm like, ooh. Mm -hmm. Did you write down, like, the songs that they allegedly wrote about each other? Oh, my God. Rumors. And uh, it was Lindsay had rumors and Hillary had haters. And Hillary released haters first and not even, like, a week later or even, I think it was, like, a month later, Lindsay released her song, Rumors. And it was just kind of, like, poppy diss track of the early 2000s. Yep. I remember sitting in a car and my aunt explaining to me how haters and rumors were about each other. And I was just like, ooh, haters is such a better song. Like, because I was so Team Hillary, obviously. So. Okay, so this feud actually continues. And this part, I actually fault Hillary. I think it's a little rude for what happens next. And it's kind of Hillary and her boyfriend at the time, Joel Madden, who is the lead singer of Good Charlotte. And Lindsay's brother is a huge fan. They were at the concert. You know, Lindsay got him to go up and ask Joel for an autograph. And Joel responded and said, no, not until Lindsay apologizes to Hillary publicly. And he was 26 years old. Lindsay's brother was eight. Like, come on. It's so rude. And I don't, like, that's all. Like, no one knows if Hillary had any. I don't think she had anything to do with that. Maybe she was just irritated and he, like, felt the same energy and was like, you know what, no. And I don't know, but it was, it's such, it's embarrassing if you think about it. No, it is. In 2005 is when, right after that, Lindsay claimed that her and Hillary were done with the feud um, and they put it to rest uh, and she tried to call her to do it. Like, she was like, hey, I'm going to call Hillary and she claims that Haley answered the phone and hung up. Ugh. It literally wasn't until 2007 that they both publicly said that we're both adults and this is done. Right. So this literally went on for almost five years. I don't get why the feud happened between Hillary and Lindsay. Like, I feel like it should have been about hating Aaron Carter, you know? It's like, and it's this weird thing. I wonder if it was because what society, like, molded them and, like, these articles that were posting kind of pitted them against each other. Because especially at this time, you know, men are always viewed as players. They're like, oh, yeah, they can do whatever they want. But they pit the women against each other. Like, it's this whole thing. It's like, maybe Lindsay didn't know. Or maybe, like, Aaron said, oh, no, we're broken up. Like, all of those things could have happened. And it's for some reason, they pitted against each other over some really trashy singer. Right. But, like, I'm just so mad that this started over Aaron Carter. I know. <laughs> I wish it hadn't have happened. It is iconic in pop culture. It's still entertaining, I guess. But you're right. Like, so dumb that it was over Aaron Carter. And it would have been great to have seen them, like, work together and do something amazing, like a movie or something. It would have been so cute to see them in a movie together. Great job on all that research, by the way. Uh, You know, I try. Moving on to Quizzy McGuire now, Colton. Okay. You might get this. You might get this. Okay. So Hillary has been on the cover of Vanity Fair. And it's an iconic cover of all the early 2000s, like, teen queens. Can you name all of the girls that are featured on that cover? Oh, my God. I know Amanda Bynes is in it, right? Yes. This came out, like, a long time This was, like, 2003. Ago. The girl from Gilmore Girls was on it, yes, for Alexis sure. Yes, Alexis Bledel. Mm-hmm. Lindsay had to be on it at the time. Yep. The sisters. Yes. It wasn't... It wasn't Allie and AJ, was it? Was it Allie and AJ? No. It's like the iconic sisters of the early 2000s. Oh my god, no. Nicole and... No. 
They're twins. Oh my god, Mary Kate and Ashley, duh. Yes. Because this was like right before they started their fashion career. Yes. Um, that's all I got. Wait, Raven was on it, wasn't she? Yes. So you have you have two more. I'll give you a hint. One of them has a very big hit TV show now. I don't think I know it. It's Mandy Moore. Oh my god, Mandy Moore? Then who's the other one? The other one is Evan Rachel Wood. Oh, I don't even know who that is. What's my question? So I was digging, and I was like, what can I ask what? Um, you definitely know this, but what was the name of Hilary Duff's first clothing line? Stuff by Hilary Duff. You do know it. Oh my god, what? I do. <laughs> I do. All right, Colton. Well, this has been super fun. And oh my gosh, thanks for being on Deaf Enough. It's been wonderful. I'm never having kids. Okay. I'm glad that is what you're leaving us with today. All right. I will talk to you later, Colton. Thanks. Bang. And that's all for this episode of Duff Enough. Thanks again for listening. I hope you'll subscribe and stick around for more because this podcast is what dreams are made of. You can follow along on social media at Duff Enough Pod and check the description for my socials as well as show guests. And until next time, bye Team Duff! I can't with Nora, but I get it. If it's good, it's good. You get it, Ashton Kutcher. Oh my gosh. See, about halfway through this, the real Colton shows up. Hey.